0: what's going on everybody welcome back to another episode of the textual talk where we talk about tech career business and much much more today we got a real treat for you we're chatting with terry evans a tech wizard and warrior in the corporate battlefield whose journey reads like an epic saga of twists, turns and tech triumphs now terry's got a story that'll take you from the myspace days of custom banners to the boardrooms of big guns and department of defense She's a former political science student who caught the tech bug and switched gears to management information systems and let me tell you, this powerhouse didn't just want to switch lanes, she built her own highway to success. But it hasn't been all power-up mushrooms and victory dances for Terry. We're here about the low points too, like getting hit with a pip and being shown the door when she least expected it. However, Terry turned those punches into power moves, bounding back into the game without missing a beat. She's got some great advice on what it really takes to stay afloat and flourish in the tech world. We'll jump into the nitty gritty of what separates a project manager from a program manager, why it pays to know your tech stuff and how she managed to stay on top of the ladder despite some serious shakeups. So whether you're a tech vet, someone looking to break into the field, or you're just here for the tales of corporate coast calls, you're in the right place. Stick with us to the end. Trust me. You want to hear the pro tips Terry's got up her sleeve for staying relevant in this rapid fire realm of ours. So, follow the podcast, share it out, and leave us a review if you enjoy this message today. Now, on to the show. Yo, welcome back to the Textual Talk Podcast, where I'm your host, HD. This is episode, what is it, 117? Yeah, episode 117. And uh, if you're watching with us right now on YouTube, you know what to do. Hit the subscribe button, hit like, select all to be notified of all notifications, and listening on podcasts, streaming networks, everywhere. Leave us a review, follow the podcast, share it out to people that want to hear this information. Today, y'all in for a treat. People on Patreon have been watching like the whole version where we really just been having a, a fun time, laid back conversation. But today we are here with Miss Terry Evans, and we're gonna talk about technical program management and why people just excuse me, nah, I'm just I'm, I'm playing <laughs> why people got her messed up. That's what we're gonna talk about. <laughs> so um, Terry, how you doing?
1: I'm good. How are you doing today?
0: I'm doing good. It's a little bad weather out here today. Well, it's gloomy, but this is really a lazy day. Mm-hmm. I think that's the reason why we took so long to start. I had to get yeah. our energy up. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I, I had to. But how's your your 2024 been so far? It's been, you know,
1: it's a, it's been interesting. I would say that. Um, not the way I wanted it to start off, but I would say that it's going to progress this year. Okay. I, I, I have hope that going to be a good year but the way that it started January was a trial month so um you know I was trying to figure it out but February looking a little bit more optimistic got some things coming up so I'm very optimistic for what this year is going to be
0: okay cool and for our listeners and guests that who don't know who you are who are you Or look look (laughs) It's like an interview. Uh, So can you tell me about yourself? Yeah,
1: sure. Um, So my name is Terry Evans. I am from Fayetteville, North Carolina. Shout out to J. Cole. I currently live in Dallas, Texas. I've been in the tech industry for about 12 years now. Um, I got my bachelor's from North Carolina A&T State University in management information systems. And I am currently a technical program manager at a tech company.
0: Dope. So we definitely got to get into a lot of stuff because we want to go into... From a little bit, I guess, from like high school going into college, did you initially go major in MIS?
1: No, I didn't. I didn't. So I originally was a political science major going into college. So originally, I always wanted to be a lawyer, and um, that was just the interest that I always wanted to go into. Um, But my tech interest, it really started when I was like 13, um, based on my space. So... (laughs) On MySpace, you know, if you were there during that time, it was really uh, website development. And from there, I really just wanted a cute layout on MySpace. Like I would start it off. I wanted to just design banners and just doing all that. And then I started to see like other people you know, take the comments off their page, take their profile page. I was like, I want to do that. (laughs) And so I was like, okay. And I saw like in the back end, there was some code there. And I was like, okay, what does this mean? And I'm like, I started to like play around with it. I was like, okay, this starts to, this is making a little bit more sense. Like if I put this here and then I really started getting deep into it. And then I taught myself HTML and CSS. And from there you would think, you know, you doing all that, you should go into tech. And my friends would be like, Yeah, you're really good at this tech stuff. You should really get into it. And I'm like, no, I'm I'm trying to be a lawyer. Like I'm I'm trying to be the next Claire Huxtable. <laughs> like I'm trying to be a lawyer. And um, so I, that was just the interest that I went into because really just growing up, I never saw anyone in tech. The my perspective of what tech looked like was Geek Squad at Best Buy. And so I was like, I don't wanna work at Best Buy, so I don't wanna go into tech because what looked like success to me in the black community was being a lawyer, being a doctor. And so being those, I was like, yeah, to be successful, I can't do this tech thing. This is just a hobby. So um, no, I I don't want to do that. So I went off to college, political science major. And I want to say six to eight weeks into that major, I had an intro to poli-sci class. And I was in that class and I was like, this is not (laughs) for me. I'm like, I... I don't have the the passion that a lot of people in this class have. Like we were come to class and people would talk about we're going to start a protest and all these things, <laughs> and I'm like I I don't have any interest in that. Um, um, something happened with our transit system in the city that I went to college in, and they were like, yeah, we're going to rally around them, start a protest, all that, and I'm like, I don't have any interest in this <laughs> like I, I I know I don't want to do this so I'm gonna just head on out and what ended up happening for me I went back to my dorm room and I started to like think about what I could do in life and I remembered back to orientation that I had during the summer so freshman during like freshman orientation when you go to college you know how you go to orientation and I remember during that um, orientation there was a advisor who Um, you know, was just giving one of those typical motivational um, talks to the incoming freshmen. And during that, she says like, hey, write down my number, take down my number, everybody get out your phone, write down your number. And she was like, if you need me for anything, just call me. And so this is now October. And so I'm like, okay, I remember that moment. And so I, um, you know picked up my phone and I still had her number and I called her and I was like I don't know what I want to do. I don't, I'm a political science major. I don't want to do this anymore But I, I don't know what I want to do and she's like, all right, just calm down She's like we can set up a meeting and we can you know have this conversation So I met with her and I told her like, you know, I don't know what I want to do Um, I just don't want to be a political science major anymore So she ended up, you know, letting me know she couldn't be the one that helps me But she ended up referring me to the, our counseling service um department On campus, and from there, um, I met with the counselor. We did some assessments, did a little aptitude test, and we from that test, tech Mm -hmm. and business were my top interests. And you know, so we went, and she was like, "Hey, you know, business, tech." which one and I was like is there anything that merges the two and so we looked at what the um, major catalog for A&T was and MIS was the top major um, for one that mixes IT and business so that's how I ended up getting into it so my freshman year I didn't come in starting it but I ended up um, by the middle of my first semester changing to MIS
0: okay this typical college freshman story yeah <laughs> I had some questions mm-hmm. That I had to let you get out Because that was great That was wonderful Yeah I want to ask you this To be a little funny If we're going to Go back to MySpace
1: mm-hmm.
0: Who you used to have is like You had your top Like you had your top four Top five Who you used to have on there
1: Oh you going to get me in trouble No <laughs> <laughs> No like So I really I took Because remember I web designing at this point So I like Took all of that off Like I just, I didn't want Nobody to know So I had like You know my best friends And then like I had like A little little boo that was on there. And like, you know, I grew up in the church, so like heavy in the church. So I'm, you know, you had your little church boo, (laughs) get your little school boo. So like those, those are the people that was on my top, but you know, they never got to see it because I was like, I could see on that. And then one of the things I learned how to do with doing web design is I could like take somebody else's user ID put it on there, look through people's comments that uh, took it off their page. Yeah. I could see all the stuff that people didn't see what, what was going on. And so I was like um, looking at stuff. I knew what, all the stuff that was going on that people didn't even know that they had on their yeah. page. I
0: was like sitting up there like just being nosy. Yeah, back then my um, my friend Deidre, she was good at that. So I'm mm-hmm. like, yo, hey, do my page. And so yeah. that's when you get your stuff hit and mm-hmm. and everything. So that used to be, that, used, that would be perfect. I know back in the day, I just started having like a long one so people will not feel left yeah. out. And then it used to be like Whoever I might have been talking to might have been one, two, or three. I mm-hmm. remember one time I made the grave mistake of, I was, it was freshman year. <laughs> my uh, my picture was the girl that I was talking to at the time, her uh-huh. profile and vice versa. And my older cousin like, bro, what are you doing? <laughs> I had never made yeah. that mistake after that. But that was like a lot of the trial and error. But like, it was, you know, I loved getting, you know, you, you come, this, hey, y'all, for y'all that, or millennials who dealt with this, who were like in high school at the time or whatever time you're using MySpace, you come home or maybe, because really back then, iPhone maybe just been getting hot, mm-hmm. but it still wasn't how it is yeah. now. So you really have to get the full capability on the computer. So you go home, you log in, oh, New messages, new likes, yeah. new photo comments, all this different thing, new friend requests. Like I was like, Oh yeah, I'm lit. Like yeah. that that's the time. Like
1: it was, MySpace was ahead of this time. It was. And you know, I got to the point even like how it's web designing my own. I had one of them pages that you went to and you that you went and go copy and paste and, and use one of um those with, yeah so i i ended up creating one of those yeah. pages i started to get paid people um, wanted me to do banners for them websites for them i started doing them for my church and every, I, like so i was mm-hmm. i started like doing a little something thanks to myspace i appreciate it you know for putting us on i don't think there's nothing like that today where these kids can learn something yeah. a, a tech skill from that wouldn't recognize it so i really definitely appreciate myspace for you know putting me on
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Now, I want to get into you pivoting into MIS. Mm -hmm. And you say you took an aptitude test. Mm -hmm. Was that aptitude test the plan test? I'm
1: not sure. Like, you know, it's been like 14 years now.
0: (laughs) I just remember in high school, we took like this plan test or whatever it was called. Mm -hmm. And it was supposed to show you what your interests are. I think my interest was pretty much similar. Like working with your hands, doing something with technology. Or something else And um, Well actually I think I BS the test To be honest
1: You know what And that's why I really Don't like those tests Because I am Very analytical So Mm -hmm. it's very easy To manipulate them tests That you can You know Kind of calculate What they're actually looking for And what their What the answer will be So I remember Taking a test Like that In high school Where it was like but I feel like I manipulated it to to say that I was going to be a lawyer because yeah. I wanted to be a lawyer. So I'm like, right. the questions you asked me about law, I'm I'm going to make it the highest because I know that's going to tell me that I wanted to be a lawyer. But I think with the test that I took um, with the counselor's office, it was a little bit different because I couldn't do that. I couldn't manipulate it. And I I didn't want to because I was like very passionate about...
0: What you want to do for I, the rest right, of your life. Right,
1: I'm like, I, w- I need to know what I'm doing. So I was like, okay, let me not try to manipulate this to be the answers that I want. Let me just answer it the correct ways and let's just figure it out at the end and so that's what led it to us I don't know distinctly what that exact test was because it's it's just been too long but um, definitely um, I definitely agree with you that you know those tests
0: so by that time you didn't want to be Molly from Insecure anymore no (laughs) I think because I guess that's who the girls would look up to now because they they didn't watch the Cosby's like girlfriends it's got to be Molly
1: yes Yeah. yeah okay
0: cool so in school, did you do any? I guess like, cause I I assume that MIS and CIS are very similar. Mm-hmm. Besides, like, I don't know what what I mean. I know it's a long time ago. What was that curriculum like for yeah. MIS?
1: So with MIS at Ant, I don't know like if it's the same at other schools, but I would make the assumption it is. Um, MIS was a management degree Mm -hmm. with a concentration in is so the curriculum really followed business management Mm -hmm. so a lot of my classes were accounting stats econ that was the main portion of my um curriculum was those classes but um one of the great things about being an mis major my advisor um, she was over an organization called AITP, which is Association of IT Professionals. And with it, um, being a club, she, in her being my advisor, she will always advocate for joining that club. And with it being an IT club, even though it was hosted in the business school, a lot of IT, um, you know, CIS computer science majors will come join the club. So I had a lot of friends that would join, um, The organization and through that having those connections with them like I had a friend Um, I really appreciate him. He was a he was a little bit older Um than me. I definitely have to connect you with him because he's just really great in in the way um, my journey has been in in tech in general But um being connected to him. He was a little bit older He had went to school previously left came back and he was a um Cis major and with that um, he was like, you know, hey, you know, you're not going to get all the technical skills that you need being MIS major. So he was like, you know, your electives, come take your electives over here. He's like, take this mainframe class, take this networking class. So I would take on top of so the business. Took our classes. Yes. So I took, and then, of course, for MIS as well, just outside of that, we had like object-oriented programming. So, yeah. you know, I we learned SQL, we learned Python, we learned Java. So we had our programming classes. Oh, so you
0: learned some good stuff. I yeah. only... Programming language we learned was visual basic. Did <laughs> wow. uh? Did you have to take supply chain management? I did. I did. Hey, supply chain was probably one of the hardest classes I took. Really? It was interesting, though. I enjoyed we it. Had, look, the class was so hard. And I want to say, hopefully I can get uh, Jessica on here. Because I think I remember her dropping the class before we even took our first test. Mm. And uh, doctor, I think she was a doctor. Dr. Barrow said, if you do what I tell you to do, in this class, you're going to pass. Mm. And I think I ain't no coming out there with a B. Mm. She used to tell us all the time, hey, if you don't know the answer to a, qu- a, te- a question on a test, just Mark C. Yeah. Me and my friend Joey, we had stayed up to st- us and somebody else we studied the whole mm. night. And we got to the test like, I still don't know. I'm, I'm like, I'm Mark C. <laughs> I look back at him. I See, Marcus C too. I'm like, I'm like, man, fool, that test was hard. I was like, man, who you telling? I ain't know nothing. Yeah. But I think we had to like, do some like group projects stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But that that class was hard. Um one of the ECONs was really hard, too. I took three Econ ECONs. was
1: my worst. I did 101,
0: 102, and monetary economics. I really like monetary mm-hmm. economics. It it put me on game about money. And um, my statistics class was hard, but not hard. Yeah. It's just because the professor was not American. Yeah. And
1: the, so- the accents bit will get you in a class you can pass and fail over accent. He
0: looks like if Dexter from Dexter's uh, Laboratory was a real person. That's how he looks. <laughs> And so he would always, like, all I remember from there is X bar. Mm-hmm. And he was like, hmm? <laughs> so he was trying to say, hmm, see if we paying attention or yeah. whatever. But that class, I mean, it was cool, but he didn't ever change the test. So mm-hmm. everybody had the test. Yeah. Like, literally, he caught a dude with the test, and he still didn't fail him. He was just like. Wow. <laughs> I had too much integrity. I wanted to learn how to do stuff. So I actually learned how yeah. to do this stuff and still messed up on the test because mm-hmm. I was just writing the wrong sign at the end of my problem. I was yeah. working it out and everything. But that's why I, I was like, dang. I know I know this stuff, but I think, I think that one – and, yeah, I think those might have been, like, the two hardest mm-hmm. classes. And, like you said, the CIS ones was um, database, networking. I took one of my electives side and had to take, was, like, a forensics class. Mm-hmm. I had a system analysis and design class. Yeah. Am I missing one?
1: that uh, I love systems and analysis. I honestly. That was I, our capstone. That's what I um, thought I was going to go into. That's the pathway I thought I was going to be, like, a, a system, system analyst. analyst. Yeah, Me that's too. That's the way I thought I was going to go. Um, but course life happens, but yeah that or a database analyst like because I enjoyed and you know
0: going and that was funny. Yeah, we used to use my MySQL and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. The funny thing is though, now that I think about that system analysis and design capstone class, I would say very much so would be like I would assume some of the stuff that you do now. Uh a little bit. A little bit because we were using um, Microsoft Project yeah. to keep up with the tasks that everybody had to do in the group.
1: I would say, the, and you know, I don't know how if your system analyst uh, class was set up the same way, but the things that we did in that class for me, it was more so like what I see a BA doing. So a business analyst were taking the requirements, building out with, or, or even a UX designer. Yeah, those are. I think we did all that because yeah.
0: our our we just pretty much was tasked like building out a solution mm-hmm. and. Our team built out a inventory system for like the bowling shoots at the intramural. Mm-hmm. And so we designed a little thing, and then, because pretty much it's a capstone, so it kind of took everything that we always did. Mm-hmm. And of course, they coded it in a Visual Basic and presented it. I forgot what I even did. I think I think I might have just been like just there, ready and, to go, and, and past that and past that. Yeah. I picked like some good group mates, and, mm-hmm. and we did good on ours.
1: Yeah, it
0: was like when they say, "Yo, make sure you dress up for your presentation and all the stuff." I'm talking about.
1: I was always like, so with MIS, our major was small, like because like I said, it was. Um, it was a concentration under management. So Mm -hmm. just those that were MIS majors, it was like seven of us that graduated and we were tight. Like we did everything together. We studied together. Those last two years, we were just like connected. So we were always like just doing stuff. I think for our system um, analyst class that we each person had to do like a, um, a product Basically create a product, come up with the features mm-hmm. and requirements. And um, so each individual person. So we didn't even get a chance to do a group project and, and do that. So I had to, we had to indul- visually um, put it together. But even with that, with us being small, like we still connected. Like, okay, your project is this. We're going to work on that. Then we're going to work on this. And so I really appreciate it being a, such a small major. Um, yeah, def- definitely shout out to the, my people that I was working with.
0: So, did you do any internships in college?
1: I did. I did. So, um, I did two internships. If we want to call the first one an internship, it was with um, my school. So, I was an IT intern for the career service office. Okay. Um, the person that I mentioned about talking to uh, doing the mainframes classes and networking, he's the person that got me into that office. And it was really just a IT internship by name. <laughs> um, so, You know, we were supposed to be doing database analysis where we were taking, you know, the student data, um, their profiles, the things that... So I had access to people's GPAs and the (laughs) classes they take. I was let me not say that (laughs) but Mm -hmm. you know i could have been um going in and looking at people's transcripts and stuff like that and so we were like taking that information and seeing you know the companies that they connected to and you know because we were basically that career service office was over um anytime there was a career fair or anytime a, a company came onto campus um that was where we um you know connected so it was doing some data warehousing through doing that so that was my first internship i had that through my junior year to senior year. But during the summer of my junior incoming senior year, I had a internship, um, at this healthcare company called Cardinal health in, um, Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. So that was my first internship. And I honestly, I got that internship just by determination. Cause, um, you know, it got to my junior year and I didn't have an internship. And one of the things that they drilled at A&T is, like, you need to leave the school with an internship or a co-op. Like, it was like, get one before you leave off this campus. Like, please get an internship. And so I got to my—because um because I switched over my major, um, my summer for my freshman year, I was in summer school because I'm trying to you catch, know, catch, catch it back up because math's for— poli major is not the mass for business majors so I had to like you know switch all of that so my uh, freshman and sophomore years were concentrated on you know trying to catch back up so getting into my junior year I did not have an internship and I'm like okay I, I gotta I gotta get on the ball and so I went to the um career fair I didn't get no internships from there <laughs> like I didn't get nothing Um I ended up like I had an interview for USAA. They flew me out to San Antonio. Um, I got an interview for CVS, but nothing was like happening for me. At least you got interviews. (laughs) Thank you. Um, But, you know, from there, I think it got to like December of my junior year. So the end of freshman. I mean, first first semester junior year. And I'm like, I don't have no internship and it's about to be the end for me. And so I went and I pulled the Fortune 500 list of companies. And I went down the entire 500 list and applied to every single company that had an IT internship. And so I ended up doing that. And then I got um, Cardinal Health called me and I interviewed there and I ended up getting an internship for them.
0: Check you out, though, mm-hmm. for being strategic. Yeah. <laughs> At least they drilled it into you. Yeah. By the time I was like almost a senior, that's when I tried. But it was late. I just had so much bad advice in school Yeah. Re- relevant to like getting internships why so I tell everybody, hey, Tom, you step foot on campus, try to get an internship. Yeah,
1: and and that's really – that's why I appreciate the HBCU. I know people have their flack about, you know, the things that happen there. They don't have as much money or um, the facilities aren't up to date as the other um, PWIs. But really the advice that was given from the beginning that I got there was, you know, pivotal to my, my growth there. A lot of people, I think, just being in college – you know, you're excited about being there and you may not, you tune tuned down those conversations. But that really perked my ear to be like, hey, I, I, let me listen to the people that are here and they're really advocating for being a black professional um, in the work environment. So I really tapped into listening to the vice that I got there and that really just helped me getting internships going and, you know, presenting um, certain type of ways. We had um, conferences on how to, have conversations, how to etiquette on how to talk at a table or, or set at a table. So but I really
0: appreciate all those things. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool because I ain't had none of that. <laughs> and I went to a PWI. Yeah, yeah. But to be fair, though, our school is more so known for engineering. Mm-hmm. Engineering probably paid for like most of everything. Yeah. It's so like the engineers were getting internships. Mm-hmm. Then like, you know, architects and uh, interior design people, yeah. they're getting their internships. But our program is like a program like because CES falls under engineering. Mm-hmm. So, of course, but we yeah. was under the College of Business. So yeah. it wasn't, they didn't really care about us. Because mm-hmm. like even at the career fair, there were rarely enough companies there for IT. Yeah. As I went through school, it's back in like 2012, 2013, mm-hmm. they used to have more. But I was like doing interviews for stuff that didn't matter. Like yeah. I think from Sherwin-Williams, I was going to be like a manager or something. Mm-hmm. Like all that stuff was not going to like, Helped me out of my career. Yeah. So that's like the, the thing. Eventually, I don't know, maybe I may help them. Maybe I may not try yeah. to help them. It's like, what are y'all doing here?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's it was the same at A&T because A&T is the number one public HBCU for engineers. So a lot of the things are funded mm-hmm. by the engineers. And so with bu- business being like the second um priority at a so we got a lot of things for the business school because accounting is huge at a mm-hmm. as well so we um, had a lot of companies that was like leveraging the uh, engineering and um, business schools so I was able to you know use that to to get the access to that but it's the same thing where it was like that funding was like engineers was yeah. so like powering like you know if you want to engineer you know be an engineer major if you want uh, actual internships, because people will complain every time when I actually do work in the career service office, it will be um, students that were seniors, you know, they were like art majors or fashion design or nursing. And they're like, there's no internships for us. And I don't, you know, there's nothing we can do and all those things. So it's like, it's always people that are not those STEM majors that, you know, complain about there not being a direction for them based on the school.
0: Yeah. And that's a, but they had to take a different approach. They, if you're going to do a, a major that's, like, n- not a major, like, where you can kind of probably, like, go get a corporate job or something, mm. you need to go try to network and find people that do that type of stuff right. so they can plug you in. Hey, well, you need a portfolio. You need to do this. You need to do that. Mm. Like, this is what you need to do. Yeah. If not, you're just going to be in school being broke. <laughs> right. So Yeah. That's cool. Mm-hmm. So did you get, like, a type of offer or anything from Cardinal Health? Or you just did the internship and then... You got your first job out of college,
1: so I did. I did get an offer after. So I did um, my internship, did my presentation, and then they extended um, an offer to do a rotational program for three years after um, after graduating. So I was set coming back senior year. Like I, I oh, coasted it. during my senior year. I was like, I'm all set. I got. I came out. Um, I think I made sixty thousand um, coming out. So I was like, I'm set. I'm making more than most people. Oh, you was rich back then. This was what. This was twenty fourteen. So yeah, you was
0: rich because I wouldn't. I think at that time I was making real close to 40. Mm. So I was like, yeah, Yeah. you're rich. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what what roles did you rotate in in that program?
1: So actually I didn't finish the program. Um, So um, actually I got fired from my first job. That was my first job out of college and I got fired.
0: Did you get fired on your day off?
1: I did not. (laughs) But um, for me for that, I got fired um, based off of corporate politics. I didn't get fired for not doing my work or anything. Just it was more so not knowing how to navigate through corporate America. That's really what got me fired. So um, during my time there, um, you know, I moved um, living in Greensboro, North Carolina, and I moved to Columbus, Ohio. I'm the only one there. You know, I don't have any friends. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm in a relationship. I was in a four year relationship um, during that time. So we are now long distance. I'm by myself. I'm out here and it's depressing. And um, I had a friend who I I ended up getting him a job at Cardinal Health with me, but he was he was out in Chicago <laughs> and right. I was I was by myself and I was really depressed. And that really took a toll on my mental health. And I would show up doing the bare minimum. Like, you know, I would just mm-hmm. do my job and go home. And my manager um, didn't like that, <laughs> especially yeah. um, being an African-American in that you know where you see other if there's a black person there they're excelling and um when you're not excelling you stand out when you have all these black people that are there with you and they're doing just going over the top and doing that and when you're not doing that you're looked upon and you're like okay what's what's wrong with you you're not doing the best and from that um um with my depression going on um my managers just started to uh
0: Dog pal? Yeah,
1: just take note on things that was going on. So, the, so you know, as the time was going on, I was there for about three months. And then my manager, we ended up having a one-on-one. And she calls me out and she says, I want to put you on a pip. Oh,
0: yeah. That means it's not a dip.
1: Right. Which I didn't know at the time, right? And so um, she was like, I'm, I'm putting you on a pip. And then she names out the reasons why she wants to put me on a pip. And so those being the first reason was – um. What's the first reason? The first reason was she went on a vacation, right? So she was gone PTO for a week. And during that vacation, I got sick one day. So it was like a Wednesday, I got sick. And on our team, it was just myself who was a full-time employee. And we had another, one of my coworkers was full-time. So it was just the three of us. And my coworker took all of my my, um, boss's responsibilities while she was gone. So I was sick one day and I said, hey, I'm not gonna be in the office, send an email to her. And when my manager got back, she was like, nobody knew where you were at. You, you should have told another department just, you know, so she deemed that as, um, an issue. A second reason was, um, a part of the rotational program. We had a conference and at the conference, the conference was from Monday to Thursday. And, um, I decided I wanted to be on Friday because I'm like, I'm, you know, the conference is Monday to Thursday. I'm not coming to work on Friday. So I had let her know that, Hey, you know, for this, I'm not going to be in the office on Friday. And mysteriously, she... Didn't know that I was not going to be there on Friday. So I was dinged for that. Did you email her? Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. And I didn't document. This is in a uh, one-on-one. I didn't document it. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, you know, so she was like, I, you never told me this. I, I didn't know you were off uh, office on Friday. Like, I didn't know until I wrote you until your um out of office uh, email and you shouldn't have been out. So that was the second thing. The third thing was um, she was like, you know, the work starts at eight o'clock. So at eight o'clock, you don't need to be work, walking in the door at eight o'clock, swiping your badge. You need to be at your desk. And so, um, she was like, counting "That's a little micromanagement every- stuff, yeah. like, I hate that. Yeah. <laughs> so me, you know, not knowing all this stuff, where like you know the things I just mentioned, I never, I'd never documented my one on ones. I didn't, um, you know, just knew to to how to navigate through this. And so when she put me on the pip, I'm I'm just thinking, oh okay, well I'll just do. Um, You know what it takes what she's telling me to get off the pip i'm just gonna do it because i'm like I'm a good worker. I'll just do all the stuff that she's telling me to do And i'm gonna get off the pip and because, you know, my parents, I told my parents was really the only people that I told that I was on it because I was embarrassed. You know, we're I'm in a three-year rotational program and I'm going, I'm on a PIP, mm-hmm. you know, months into this program. And so I told them, and my parents are military background. And so for them, you know, when something happens, you get reprimanded in the, the military, you do what you're supposed to do, check it off, you move on. And so for them, they didn't they didn't have the knowledge to tell me how do you, you know, finesse in your way, navigate through um, corporate politics. And so from there, um, you know, they was like, hey, just do what you need to do, you know, just tell do everything she tells you to do. Um, I end up doing that. Um and then the beginning of Thanksgiving, you know, I my pip ended the week before Thanksgiving, right? So, you know, Thanksgiving, you know, I'm thinking we we completed it. She was like, Yeah, you did everything, da da da, we're done. I um go home for Thanksgiving and then I come back uh the following week, which is the first week of December. Your bags don't work. <laughs> no last it was monday right you know i'm like yeah i'm I'm doing well thinking excited that meeting from hr get put on my (laughs) that four o'clock meeting and they're like yeah um terry you're gonna have to this gonna be your last day and i'm like i but i did everything that was on the pip like and they were like she was like well i just don't think you're a good fit like and i'm like but i did everything that you told me to do and she was like well I, i just don't think you're a good fit and I just packed up my stuff. I was devastated. And I just cried. Uh-huh. <laughs> I cried. I called my dad. Um, the next day he like flew out of Ohio. We packed up my stuff. Like the next day I was out of there. I was back home. So yeah, yeah. Th- I didn't I didn't last on that um that first job.
0: Yeah. I think and 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 I'm glad like this is like a, a unique story mm-hmm. for I'm gonna especially say for black people. Yeah. If, especially in the I IT, like rotational program, well, I'm sorry, new grad rotational yeah. program, the company should have it set up to where they are ingratiating you into corporate. Yeah. Because what you may do in college does not align with their, you yeah. need to have maybe, maybe not weekly, but maybe every couple of weeks a one-on-one, just mm-hmm. seeing, hey, how you doing? What's going on? How you feeling? You know, how, how are things at home? How is, I mean, it can seem intrusive sometimes, yeah. but when you can figure out about Somebody said, hey, they may be, they moved all the way from here. They probably don't even have any family right. here. I can ask those questions or, like, hey, well, you know, we have, you know, this group for like, you know, black people mm-hmm. here. Maybe join this to find yeah. some people, some friends and, and, yeah, and, and maybe help with that process.
1: And, you know, I was a part of the ERG. So, you know, the employment research groups. And I joined it during my internship. And the people that I connected to, like, for instance, um, I had a um, good friend, Ashanta. She was in the program. She was, like, uh, two years older. like So she was the, the in her third year mm-hmm. um, when I joined the company. Her last rotation was in Puerto Rico. <laughs> so she wasn't even in the country to have those conversations. And, and ultimately, I was embarrassed because this is somebody who... Uh, excelled at school you know like I mentioned about how you know determined I was to get an internship going down the fortune 500 so I was always like just finding ways to navigate and to do better like during college I was president of the AITP I was president of like I was doing all of these organizations and so I excelled and coming into a place where I'm no longer excelling it's embarrassing to kind of and, and I had a lot of pride yeah. Right. So I and I had I didn't want to let that pride go. I was like, OK, I'm going to keep this a secret. i ain't going to tell nobody I'm on a PIP <laughs> and I'm mm-hmm. just I'm going to handle it and I'm going to you know yeah. go forward. And and that really that pride is what stifled me and what ended my career, because I honestly could have had those conversations with the the advisors that were over the rotational program. And because I did have the conversation with them when I got on the PIP, I did have a conversation with them and they were like, yeah, so what's going on and stuff like that. And there was no way that I could prove the things that my manager were saying to me was incorrect because I had no documentation. Mm-hmm. So I'm speaking, you know, telling them, Hey, this is not what's going on, et cetera, et cetera. Against someone who is, has literally been, uh, you know, building a case on me to say like, Oh, yeah. at, at 807, I pinged her and she didn't respond to me because she's walking in the door. You know, so she's taking all these, you know, notes on me, all these copious notes and I have nothing and I'm trying to battle it with my, um, my mouth. And so, um, that really is what's something that I just didn't, did not know. And I really feel like that's something that takes a lot of people that are trying to, you know, quote unquote break into tech is because they think that, Hey, getting here is the final step and getting here is not the final step. It's the first step. And when you don't know how to navigate through, you know, corporate politics and even just the job alone, you'll find yourself in places like that where, you know, either you're stagnant and you're going to stay at that same level. And you're not going to find a no ways to get promotions and, and move up and elevate in your career. And then you're also going to find ways where they're going to get you out, especially in this market. Like you, this, this is not the market to, um you know, be playing around. Fortunately for me back then, 10 years ago, you know, I, I ended up getting another job two months later. Yeah. So, you know, but nowadays you, you don't have that liberty where you can, you know, you get into a nice job. You, you gotta, you gotta make it happen for
0: yourself yeah yeah definitely definitely and i'll just say this before we go to the next subject it's like hey when you know they are building a the case just just start looking
1: run yeah and and um i had told my parents that i was like i think i should just go they were like no no just just get it over you know just stay and all that and i'm like i don't think she's gonna like the way that she was just moving with me it was very like nice Mm -hmm. nasty and i was like i don't i don't think she's gonna give up on this yeah and um it got to i think two weeks before and my parents was like if you feel like she's gonna fire you, just do it, cause like you'll get unemployment. I was like, well, that's true. <laughs> so that ended up working in that way. If you wanna get unemployment, you know, you can let them go ahead and fire you. But I would say if, if the pip comes up, just already just immediately start looking for, you should already, you should never stop applying for jobs, right. but just I always be open to work. Yeah, always be looking. But when there's a pip in place, just, you know, start moving even more expeditiously.
0: Okay. Now, um, (laughs) T.I., listen, listen, so you got a job in two months. Mm -hmm.
1: That's
0: a fast time. Yeah. But then again, it was a different time back there. I definitely do feel like it was a a shortage of skill set back then, Mm -hmm. even more so. So what was that role that you got in two months?
1: So that was my first project management job. So, And I really feel like that was like the grace of God because the way that that job was like literally— 20 minutes from my parents house working with north of grumman which is you know okay. big of it's contractor tick. <laughs> yeah so like you know that was really god <laughs> that, that that worked out for me that it was like but really what stood out for them for that job it was a um a junior pm role i had my my bs in mis so that really already helped some i had internships so already even if You know, I didn't get fired. I still, my resume looked good, even if I I never told them um, that I was fired. Because even that was the um, advice of my parents. So Don't tell them you were fired. Don't say that. Why why do they need to know that? You're looking for a job. You moved here. You relocated from Ohio to, my parents were living in Virginia at the time. So you relocated from Ohio to Virginia. That's what you need to tell them. Nothing more, nothing less. So, you know, what my resume looked like you know, it was enough that it was like, okay, yeah, she got some skills. We want to give it to her because I I still had all the other things, my internships, my courses that I took in classes. So I looked like a a good quality candidate. Mm
0: -hmm. So is that where, so was that first job, was it a little bit more technical or or what? Because I know now like you're specifically a technical program Mm -hmm. manager and that's what we'll actually, actually, matter of fact, let's talk about that now. What's the distinction between, a regular program manager and a technical program manager
1: sure so with a technical program ma- manager and a regular program manager the with the technical obviously you have more technical knowledge right so there's more there there's an expectation that you know what your engineers are talking about um what i've seen when things are called program manager and it really varies just across companies because there are some just based off of um what the company calls and it really can't doesn't have to be a mm-hmm. difference and it could just be in the job description but um for program managers program managers can be in any capacity any industry any sector and i really feel like that is something that most people don't realize when they say hey i want to break into tech what do you want to do i want to be a pm okay <laughs> <laughs> why what do you want to work on Like what what domain what domains do you want to work on? Like there's so much that happens there with being a PM. Like you can go be a PM in healthcare. Like you don't have to you don't have to be a PM for tech. That doesn't mean you're working in tech just because you want to be a project program manager. And I do want to sell that there is a difference between a project program and product manager because a lot of these com- uh, companies are starting to like convolute those roles together and people don't really understand the difference between the the three of those but um so a project manager um is one that just handles a project so a project has a start and a finish right so you're managing time scope and budget on that project so um i like to use um analogies to help explain things so we're just listening to to music so let's say we have a record deal or a record company right so Def Jam right and um Def Jam has a new album coming out Rihanna has an album coming out right a project manager will manage that album coming out. So from start to finish, getting the engineers to come and do the music, getting Mm -hmm. Rihanna to come do the vocals, The the marketing, you know, all of that. They will make sure from the time that it says that, Hey, they say, uh, April 2025, Rihanna, please give us a new album. But, um, um, you know- for, Dream like, said it's done. Right. Like, and When she came on the Super Bowl last year, I was like, yeah, she's not giving us a new album. <laughs> um, but, you know, so, hey, April 2025, that's when the album needs to come out. So the project manager is handling everything that happens to meet that deadline, right? So let's say Def Jam says, um, 2025, we want to be, have- all the artists, all of our Def Jam artists is dominating their genre. So every single artist that we have, we want them to be dominating their genre, right? So all the uh, program, or excuse me, all the projects that follow under that, what's dominate. So we want all our artists that are R&B to um, dominate the R&B charts. So that means uh, projects that are associated, Rihanna, projects associated with Drake, Usher, all of those Project. So Rihanna's album, Drake's album, Usher's album, all of those are different projects, right? But they fall under a program. Mm-hmm. So that program manager handles getting to that strategic goal. So the strategic goal is for those artists to dominate, um, their genre right so that is the strategic goal so program managers manage projects associated with a strategic goal so um it's more at a strategic level you're looking at trying to meet the company's goal so it's not just this one project like the project manager is just focusing on okay i just need to make sure by april 2025 that this project is done but the program manager is saying yes i need that to meet the deadline but i also need it to be meeting the company's goal which is to dominate the charts Mm -hmm. and so, they're trying to make sure that that uh, schedule falls in line with whatever um, initiatives to hit the um, timeline. So, I hope that makes sense to you.
0: And Mm -hmm. trying to figure out how to dominate the charts and spend as less money as possible.
1: Exactly. And to be more efficient uh, with, you know, getting out speed and everything like that, scalability. Um, What about the product? Product manager, right? So, a product manager is focused on the actual product. So, let's say they're over all albums coming out, right? So, all um album so everyone that has a a cd at def jam they're they're specifically over those albums so what they're looking at is like hey what does an album look like what is our market for this album so they're going and they're looking at um who is the target audience who is this how do we um how do we come out with uh this stuff like for instance so the
0: analytics like what does the audience listen to what do they buy who do they like? Yes. Also, if YouTube tells me when I look uh-huh. at my analytics.
1: Yeah. So, with that, like, for instance, like, with the album for, like, Beyonce with Renaissance, um, the product manager will look like would look at the audience and say, okay, what's the target audience? The, our audience is on TikTok. Our audience listens to um, social influencer. So, let's send them a PR package. So they'll the feature would be looking at uh, a PR patch, and that's how they're that's how they're you know increasing what that product is. The product is the album, so they're like, okay, yeah. Let me. What are the features can to we get to improve and to increase the sales? That so they're focused on the item, which is the product.
0: Got it. That makes a lot of sense because when you said that, I thought about Nicki Minaj going to uh, a Casanat. Mm-hmm. So trying yeah. to make appeals to that that yeah. streaming audience. So mm-hmm. okay, yeah, cool. So, that's North of Grumman. That would be the defense industry, correct? Yes, correct. So, I know we can't talk about a lot of stuff there.
1: Well, you know, and with Northrop Grumman, I didn't work on like the the government side. Okay, so I worked on more of the state side. So, um, the contract that I was under. Was working with the state agencies of Virginia So we were contracted to handle the IT infrastructure For the state agency So I don't really have, okay, you cool. know, some clearance I, I can talk about the things where, that
0: I worked so, on So do you have a clearance?
1: I do not And I'm so upset because I got laid off from North Grumman um, from, So I didn't get a chance to get my security clearance I was on the list to get my secret clearance And we got laid off So uh, North Grumman ended up cutting our contract We They had a five-year um, contract with the state agencies uh, with the state of Virginia and they were not um, performing well we were not <laughs> of course and you know it, and it wasn't really that we weren't performing well they just you know felt like another company um, could do it at a cheaper cost so um, they ended up canceling the contract earlier um, fortunately for me um, I had already felt like it was time for me mm-hmm. to start going so How somewhere. long were you there? I was there for three years.
0: Okay. So now that took us from, we was in, we was graduated in, 20. in 2014. Uh-huh. So now it's 2017.
1: Yes. 2018. So I graduated in 2014. I started at North Carolina in 2015. Because remember, okay. I got fired from my
0: last job, And that's why you said Thanksgiving. So yeah, yeah. it should be a new year. Mm-hmm. Two months. You're right. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So okay. I started
1: March March, uh, 2025. I mean, 2025, 2015.
0: Okay, yep. cool. And so you got laid off. -hmm. What part in twenty
1: eighteen? Um. So we got laid off
0: August of twenty eighteen. Okay. So I see you got laid off about like six months later than I did. I got Mm -hmm. laid off in like really. I was told I was going to be laid off in January of twenty eighteen, but they said it's going to start in May. Mm. I mean, I'm sorry. It's gonna start in February, yeah. So it started in February. So at that time, I'm in grad school, and, and it was like, Oh, we just will pay off whatever bonus at 100%. You'll get like an extra check, and all this other stuff. I should have negotiated my mm-hmm. my severance, but that's what we, earlier we were talking about like different songs at different times mm-hmm. around that time. It's like, it took me a while to, to find a job, another security job wow. back then. It, um, I don't know, it, like when it comes to layoffs, like I, I have clients I work with that have been laid off, like it kind of just goes through waves to where like you're maybe just doing interviews and stuff like that but eventually it gets to the point where now the offers start coming in because like I have a client recently who he's uh, his contract came to end at the end of last year and then Mm -hmm. so we were already interviewing towards last year and the beginning of this year but then all the offers started coming and he got his big one what was it like two weeks ago when we finally got the news that he's supposed to start next week Mm -hmm. but that's typically how it is in the layoffs. So it's like, sometimes you got to weather the storm and it sucks at that time. I didn't have a family with just me. So it's it's much easier. Mm -hmm. And I would say like right now, like if you are somebody in tech or in corporate, just say for a layoff day, instead of rainy day, just say for a layoff, you just never know. Now the hard part is like most of us, you may not be seeing most of your money because you may be helping family this is that you the person in the family that made it oh, but yeah. if you can possibly save some money for that do that because it started getting towards the end where I made some tough decisions am hey, gonna pay rent or I'm gonna pay my car note yeah. I started making them tough decisions but by the yeah. time I got I started my job back in June of 2018 I just I of course I was making I got a raise more than I was making at McAfee mm-hmm. I just had to catch back up and yeah. because it was just me I was like cool yeah. but that's the thing like some of the stuff like we don't hear people talking about online it's like hey most of the time you will get laid off it's just yeah. it's, it's just like if you don't you know you're a lucky person but most people end up getting laid off no matter like you said you no know Grumman because people well yeah. you said you're on the state side I know yeah. Even though government contracts, like unless you're just messing up, like you you should be you're good with the contract, right?
1: You de- you definitely not getting fired from uh um, GovTech if you you know, you know hopefully, especially with them clearances. It's a beautiful thing to have.
0: Clearance. Well, when around the time you was working at Northrop Grumman for like I started my career in 2014. Uh, at first, I was a contractor for Apex, and we were working for at the time CSC, which is now GDIT. Yeah. And
1: we—that's who, to we, <laughs> that's who
0: uh, went for no. That's funny. The But see, we we had the TSA help this contract for years. Mm-hmm. But then, by the time after I left, I think they left. They lost it. Mm-hmm. They start losing all that good talent. You yeah. ain't gonna keep that contract if we if we going on yeah. top of maybe whatever else was going on because mm-hmm. they was getting over on the money. Yeah. On my end, I had I had to leave. <laughs> I had to leave.
1: And that's why um, when you talked about with layoffs, that's why it's important to keep applying always even if you're in feel like you're in a secure job because for me my layoff situation was a little bit different because we found out um like i said within the contract that we were in with the state it was a um, five year we was in the fourth year and you know um we found out in march that they or march or may that they were um ending the contract and I had already been applying for jobs and I had was interviewing for um the Federal Reserve Bank of Richmond and so um when they found did the layoffs I had got to the final round of that that interview so by June I had already secured the job at the Federal Reserve so with Miss Keeper (laughs) Bay something like that but um you know but Going through the Federal Reserve, I don't have a security clearance, but I had to go through a public trust <laughs> clearance. And going through all of that, even though a public trust is not a full clearance, but it, it takes a lot. It's It takes weeks to get that. So, really? Yeah. But yeah. It, it, it took so much. I had to get fingerprinted. Like, just working for the Federal Reserve is a lot to to get into. Like, it was a yeah. great place to work. Um, It's not, you know, full gov tech, but, you know, we do a lot of... um contracting and, and vendoring with the with irs and treasury so um there was a, a lot of um there was a lot of like monitoring or or background yeah, checks. I yeah uh, and then even like my friends like they uh had to put down like people that i work with like two people that know me personally two people from each of my jobs my friends were like they were like yeah they were asking like
0: so you have to like do like a uh, what's it called an equip
1: yeah <laughs>
0: yeah yeah i do equip like my clearance actually is about to probably like go away soon because I haven't mm-hmm. used it yeah. in years. Yeah.
1: I'm, I'm so upset. Like in the, cause I was on the list Um, because we are, you know, being at North Grumman, we already knew that this was, you know, the contract was going. So they were already preparing us to, you know, Hey, what's going to be your next place. Do you want to go in North of Grumman? And I was in Richmond, Virginia and, you know, headquarters for North of Grumman. One of the headquarters is in uh Falls church, Virginia. So DMV area. So that's about two hours from, from richmond and so they were like hey there's some stuff up there and if you you can get a sponsor to get start your um security clearance so i was on the list to get my security clearance but we got laid off so i i didn't get to um fully go with that but back to um just with the layoff situation so my start date for um the federal reserve was the week (laughs) we got laid off So I got my severance. (laughs) I went up there for like, when, you know, one day sign the paper, I didn't even try to like negotiate or anything. I was just like, whatever. I already got another job. So I was like, I went up there for one day, sign severance (laughs) and, you know, got my paycheck for him. um, my new job So that's why it's important To just constantly And I'm, I'm pretty sure Everyone knows that now Because everyone is Such in a panic With the mm-hmm. way the job market Is going it, It's a, it's crazy Like this is the Worst job market I've never struggled To like find You know Consistent roles That are reaching out Or companies reaching out to me It's been a struggle All around
0: Yeah we'll we'll definitely Get into uh, some of that mm-hmm. And I was going to touch on you, Your stuff about The Federal Reserve Bank Remind me of Freaking Working for Goldman Sachs, yeah. background check was like, <laughs> felt like a security clearance. Yeah. Like everything, write all this stuff down, this mm-hmm. down. and But then, them, it's like, strictly in the government. They all in your biz. Oh, you can't buy this stock, or you can't do this or that. Yeah. Disclose. I'm going to tell y'all something. Hey, if, if a job is actually disclosed outside stuff, don't. Mm-hmm. Just If they find out and they find out, just let them find out, and then you could probably quit by then. Because by then, they're going to try to make you stop, and it's going to become an issue. So, don't disclose it. Like, I never told them, oh, I got this business and I do mm-hmm. this or that because some type of way they'll try to make me career coaching and content creating all this stuff interest. and it's not. Yeah. So I'm like, no.
1: Yeah, I, I worked at Bank of America last year and it was the same thing they were like, you have to disclose all this and, like, I don't plan on being here
0: for long. But. Yeah, I was like, I, I wish I would disclose some yeah. stuff to y'all. Like the only, I think they ended up finding out I had a Fidelity account, but mm-hmm. I wasn't really actively trading. But some stuff I did want to buy sometimes on a whim and I had to mm-hmm. just put the request in. Yeah. But I think I used to ping the person like, yo, I need this approved. Mm-hmm. But mm. so Northrop Grumman is pretty much where you got into the infrastructure side. So is yeah. there a specific infrastructure that is your niche that you come into companies and work with?
1: Yeah, so a lot of the... um a lot of the projects that I work on is associated with build outs. So whether a company is building out a new facility, um, new data center, which is becoming a huge thing. That's really like, yeah, cause companies I, going back on prem. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And even just like with cloud computing um, and, and AI as in general, like that has to be, that data has to be hosted somewhere. And so mm-hmm. there's, you know, the need for data centers everywhere. When I say there's just so many data centers that even just here in Dallas, yeah. there's so many data centers being built up like Google, like Amazon. I see them
0: all the time. Like yeah. we service now. Hey, this is a data center in, in yeah. Dallas.
1: And, and I work at um, one of the, it's a smaller tech company, but it is a, a um, prime data center provider. And, Business is starting to boom for my company. So, um, yeah. D- data center um, build outs are really what I my primary baby is. But networking is another thing that I just always networking and firewall is just where, you know, I always landed in projects and I really just, you know, grabbed onto it, learned the technology
0: and spent just going through it. Cool. Before I ask you specifics about the networks and mm-hmm. firewalls that you probably help um, build out and implement. Yeah let's give them this what's a typical day like for you being a technical program manager that specializes in networks and data centers and everything else infrastructure related
1: so a lot of meetings (laughs) a lot a lot of meetings um depending on the project um a lot of times Whether or not there are clear requirements um, for what is talked about usually it is defining what we're actually working for. A lot of times companies say, hey, I want something done, but they have no clue what they need. They don't have anything. And um, usually depending on how uh, mature a company is, they may have business analysts to help with that front end project to figure out what the requirements is. But a lot of times the budget is in there for that. So they usually, the PM does that meeting with sponsors, meeting with your stakeholders, trying to figure out exactly what they're, pinpoint exactly what they're looking for and what they're trying to do. So, hey, what are the dates that you're looking to? What are, what's in scope? What are the resources that we're going to need? So that usually starts off the beginning of the project is trying to pinpoint exactly what we're needing to do. And so even if we're farther into the project and we're now building out what that looks like, what is different from... you know normal pm is whenever there are different um tech documents that come out um hey this is the type of fiber that we need or this is the um type of cables and i kind of couldn't know based on just the knowledge of what i've been i can kind of have those conversations with my engineers to say hey this is level one this is you know i can have those conversations based on you know not based off of um with an, uh, a typical program manager, sometimes I don't know, <laughs> and it, you know, I'm fake it till I make it. Right. And but there some things that I can pick up on on where it's like, hey, we're about to cable in a 48 port switch. Maybe that we need a 120. And where ha- I can have those conversations based off of just the requirements. So I don't have to lean on my engineers to ask a lot of dumb questions because i know a lot of y'all engineers (laughs) y'all hate when we come and we ask a lot of like dumb questions so i can kind of be that filler to not have to have to go for to them to say hey what's this technical question but like i mentioned about program management it's about being strategic and you know every company has something that they're trying to do for a project a project is done for a reason it's never done because you know on Hey, we just need want to do this. It's always something. Are we saving money? Is it going to make you know more money, time faster? <laughs> you know, and all those things. It's all about doing those things. So when you don't have a person that has to rely on, hey, let me go ask this person. Let me come back to you, and they can, you know, they have the knowledge themselves to be able to have those conversations. It helps, and that's what being a, a TPM helps with. Or even um, like I just mentioned, where maybe we're building out, we're doing some refreshes. I do a lot of like end of hardware, end of life. Um, projects that's really (laughs) a big bulk of being an uh, infrastructure PM is that end of life migrations all of those things so when we start to have those conversations and it's hey um, we want this you know, this um, server is coming to the end of life. Do we want to put it in the cloud? Do we want to keep it on-prem? You know, hey, there's another server that's similar. Do we want to migrate all that data together and, and ha- just have one big server? So like having those conversations, I, I can start to ask the, the right questions with my engineers. Ooh. And so, yeah, that's what helps me with being a TPM.
0: So are there any type of applications or softwares that you use on a day-to-day that makes your job like easier? Or you would call them essential?
1: um so right now um and this is something that i hate it but it's something i have to use because it's just the the protocol of my company um i use jira so jira is um what we usually use in a agile methodology so the two prime um, methodologies in project management Uh, for managing a project is Waterfall and um, Agile. And so the difference of Waterfall and Agile, Waterfall is from start to finish. If I was to build you a car and you say, hey, I want a car, this is what I want the car to look like. You give me the order and I make it and then I hand you over a car, right? And with Agile, Agile is taking every single part of the car and breaking it down. So it is, hey, I want a car. Okay, what do you want the steering wheel to look like? okay, I want the steering wheel to have leather and red trim. All right. And then we're going to go do a sprint for two weeks and we're going to work on it. And then I'm going to give it back to you and say, is this what you want? Okay, yeah. All right. So that goes and then we take something else that's out, you know, in the backlog and we say what's another feature that you want? Okay. Um, Car paint. Do you want blue? Do you want... And then so there's a a two week, you know, the sprints that you do with that. So Agile is doing the iterations, the, Mm -hmm. you know, going step by step and, you know, you're going through that and You know, working with a customer to get a project done with Waterfalls, you give me the order and I give it back to you, which you give me. And so in infrastructure, because of the nature of infrastructure, servers, networking, you can't, there's no agile in that, right? You you can't, I can't make, give you a server and be like, okay, do you want these cables here or do you, you know, you, you can't do that. So most of my projects are Waterfall, but companies are so focused on being agile, I have to use (laughs) agile functionalities in in domains so i use jira to do waterfall projects which is very irritating because i'm not running sprints (laughs) so um so um jira is one of the main um ones that i use my company um previous companies that we use microsoft project which was big and huge but um my company we don't have a um specific um project scheduler that we use um so i use smartsheets excel as basic as excel is it is a lifesaver um really for pinpointing those things and breaking down the different tasks that are associated with mm-hmm. um each of the project and they're just really uh, leveraging that i like to go real old school and uh use pen and paper <laughs> to to really task out things it really helps if you remember yeah it really does and it helps to just get things and, and navigate things in like a whiteboard so um those are really the main things jira um smart sheets those are really the prime ones that i use even i've worked in companies that use ServiceNow, which i hate to use ServiceNow as a um, managing a project management platform but yeah. I, yeah
0: funny enough that you said something about two-week sprints <laughs> when i was at jp morgan my role was like i was i, I pretty much was kind of tasked of being like a the product manager of this product that they want to push out within my team. And then I also did a lot of um, assurance type of work. We worked on um, firewall rule violations for the different lines of business mm-hmm. in the company. And we're trying to see, like, why are you violating or why it's not fixed? Right. <clears throat> anyway, the whole year I was doing the sprints. I had, Before that, I used Jira, but it wasn't an agile way. I come from security Third ops, incident response. So if I was assigned something, it's like, oh, hey, we put this detection in Jira. We want you to go check it out and mm-hmm. da-da-da. Put your comments down and close it out. Mm-hmm. That's how it used to be. When they put me, I was in Jira doing all these things. I'm just moving them from yeah. every week to week. He like was like, a
1: combine
0: board. Yeah, he was like, nah, mm-hmm. you, gotta, you gotta close these out and then start some new stuff, some new mm-hmm. two-week sprints. I was like, I wish <laughs> you would have told me that because I've just been doing it the wrong time. Yeah. Cause he was like, Yeah, you gotta do all these that way. So now when it comes to Review time, you say, hey, I did all these different sprints, all these projects I created. This is what I did. This mm-hmm. is what I contributed. I was like, well, y'all didn't explain that. Y'all know my yeah. background is different. <laughs> I bought a whole different mindset to yeah. it, but it, it definitely was not a good fit. So mm-hmm. I, I could I could see that. So like when I I was only there six months. Yeah. And when I left, my manager was like, you know, I'm not surprised. Because <laughs> within like two or three days, I was like, uh, I don't know if this is for me. Like, yeah. How long got to stay in this role? Because I was going to try to move around internally. But, mm-hmm. you know, HR, hey, you got to stay there for about, you know, yeah a year. I was like, no way, Not Jose. Yeah. I ain't doing that. But something I was thinking about the whole time we were talking, mm-hmm. where does Scrum fit in with y'all jobs? Because I'm very confused at <laughs> what is a what do they even do?
1: I am laughing because I have a PM group chat. And I literally just a couple of days ago, someone was like, how's all the scrum masters do it? Because it is something that I feel like in the industry is coming on. Well, like you don't see too many jobs hiring for scrum masters. And so scrum masters fall under agile. So it's a job where when you're running the sprints, that is the person that is, you know, every day you're ha- when, during sprints, you'll have your da- daily you stand standups. Up. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad I, I don't do a lot of agile <laughs> projects. Um, but during those daily spr- sprints, you have someone that is there that's kind of like um, the person that's you're telling what obstacles you're facing, and they're they're working to get whatever obstacles you're facing within those sprints, and you know m- piling through that. So that usually is what happens with a scrum master. But it's it's a job that I'm feeling, it's based, away. yeah, but just based off of the strategic na- nature of jobs where they're looking to save and cut costs. They're like, oh, the product owner can do that or the project manager can do that. I don't need a, a another person <laughs> that Not can only do this. that. I
0: mean, for me, even in like my own business, I use Otter AI when I'm doing consultations. Yeah. So Otter's the, all the highlights, all the links I sent, all that, and it's mm-hmm. sending it to them after the meeting. Yeah. That's cheap.
1: Yeah. I, I appreciate oh, like Zoom has the new AI companion oh they do yeah
0: and I love it I use Google Meet because I was like why am I paying for Zoom I use Google Meet <laughs> but
1: like during my company we have it so like AI compa- I like because a lot of my job is you know with meetings and it takes so much to be a note taker and I feel like as a project manager, we kind of get a bad rep that thinking that we're just, you know, glorified note takers. And we're not because a lot of it is managing people. And so Mm -hmm. with AI, because I hear a lot like, oh, are you scared that, um, you know, AI is going to take over project management? Absolutely not, because it is a job that it's about managing people. And AI
0: can't interact with people. Exactly. And see, here's the thing, too. But a lot of companies, so much red tape, depending on what industry in, they are not going to use AI, yeah, because they just from you know a legal standpoint, they just can't because they they don't know who has access to the data once it's gone. So, like, that's a crazy thing. Like, in finance, like, you can't even use, like, I'm like, bro, some of these meetings could have been emails. Mm -hmm. Hey, let's use Loom or some pre record the video, send it out to us. Yeah, why am I on here Mm -hmm. talking to y'all? Yeah.
1: That's that's one thing I, I don't miss like being in the finance industry, especially like classifying different uh emails that was sending out and just at the Federal Reserve, it was such <laughs> like you said, it was red tape about everything that you send out. You you accidentally put a USB to the computer, they you're being drilled down and what what did you connect to it and you know,
0: so like you I said. I like that though. <laughs> Make my job easier. Yeah. Because if you not people could put anything in a computer like yeah. first uh, what was it First Republic Bank. Mm-hmm. You know how that went down. Yeah. <laughs> but I want to get on to this real quick cuz so when did you move out here? And why Dallas?
1: I moved out here in 2021. And I didn't move out here for a job or anything like that. No relationship either. Um I had just been living in Virginia for you know, five years at Mm -hmm. that point. Um, you know, like I mentioned, I got fired from a job and I moved back with my parents and I would have been staying with my parents for a while. And I was just like, I'm, I'm ready for some change. Um, my parents are military. So we moved like, you know, my entire life I've moved three years you know at max when I got to high school and stuff we th- stayed in Fayetteville so that's why I call that home but for the most part we moved around so like when it gets about three years or so I'm like okay it's, it's kind of time to pack up and go somewhere. and so I was like on five years of living in Richmond and I was like I just I wanna do something different. I wanna go. First start. Yeah. And um originally I was gonna move to Raleigh, North Carolina, because Raleigh has um RTP, which is the research triangle park there. And it, it has tons of companies like Cisco is there. Um just just yeah. a, a whole I got bunch some people um, in yeah. There's a whole bunch of companies just right there in Raleigh. So I was thinking about moving to Raleigh, but I was like, I want like Greensboro is probably like a good hour from Raleigh. So a whole bunch of people that want to A and T went to Raleigh or, and then I was like, Charlotte, I don't want to move to Charlotte. Atlanta was a absolute no. I did definitely did not want to move to Atlanta. I'm like, Atlanta is a good time to visit is, you know, there for a good time. Not a long time. What about Houston? So, so that was another thing. So, um, so, I'm exed out Atlanta DC was another one I was like no because I was it's keeping up with the Joneses in in, yeah in DC and I was like, I heard it's
0: very like elitist like oh what do you do Um, yes who you work for Uh uh-huh it very much
1: so and then also I hated the traffic in DC every time I would go to DC because Richmond's only two hours from DC so I was like I hated the traffic and it got more snow than Richmond so I was like I didn't want to be stuck in the snow um and so I was like Texas sounds nice I was like Texas sounds real nice, and I was like Dallas. Dallas sounds like somewhere I could live, and I was like, but Houston also sounds like somewhere I can live. And I was like, Houston's a little bit fast. I don't know if I could handle Houston. I was like, nah. I think Houston actually slower. I was thinking that it was fast because I was like, I when I think of Houston, I think of it's like a baby Atlanta. So I was like. I was like, maybe, maybe Houston. So like, I started applying for jobs in Houston. Like nothing was open. Like no doors was opening. I was like, okay. And and it just didn't feel right. I was like, I don't know something about Houston doesn't feel right. And then I was like, okay, what about Dallas? And Dallas just felt right. And so my mom's um, family, um, my mom's from LA, but, My grandparents ended up moving to Oklahoma in the 90s. Okay. So, like, I would go spend my summers in Oklahoma. So, you know, Oklahoma is three hours from Dallas. So, like, I would say, okay, close to my grandma, close to, you know, my mom's side of the family. I'm like, Dallas sounds really nice. And I started applying to jobs for Dallas. I got a job here, and I just moved, like, packed up my car and and drove to Dallas. So, that's why I moved here. Okay. Check you out.
0: (laughs) And so, that was, what, going on three years now. So, was did you move here for Bank of America? No.
1: So I uh moved here for another company. It's called it's a healthcare company. It's called Genesis Care. Um I think, it, they, I, think I heard
0: them before, seen them on Indeed.
1: Yeah. They're um uh oncology. So they're a network of um cancer um cancer doctor mm-hmm. uh patient, I'm saying patients, oncology <laughs> clinics. So um that's what I ended up moving here for because they originally um I was remote. Um, when I started that position um, and then they had um, they had uh, um, thought about moving, putting a headquarters in Dallas. So um, I believe like 2023, they were expect- anticipating after COVID to um, build out a headquarters here. So I was like, OK, I'm I'm already going to move to Dallas. So that's going to work out. Um, but I was remote for that job. So that's why I originally um, got the job and moved out here.
0: So. You stay there, then you go to... So, did, when you got here, did you just figure, like, it went right? So, you're just trying to find a company that's the right fit?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, I just went for... And then, from me going from the Federal Reserve... Because, ultimately, um, I could have just went to the Federal Reserve of Dallas. But, My friend used
0: to work there.
1: Yeah, I... Um, Because even though I worked at the Federal Reserve of Richmond, I wasn't technically in the Federal Reserve of Richmond. So there's the banks. So you have Federal Reserve Dallas, Federal Reserve of New York. But there's another um, organization called Federal Reserve of IT. So it's called FRIT. And so that's what I was more so in. But it was um, under the Federal Reserve of Richmond. And so from there, so I could have just, you know, went to the Federal Reserve of Dallas. but. I wanted to pay jump, like I jumped from um I had a twenty thousand dollar no thirty thousand increase from where I was at the Federal Reserve to my new job at think, Genesis well, care
0: beyond minus asking like you know you know we're in a time of, of salary <laughs> transparency, transparency. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that so i hit my that's when I hit six figures was going from so at federal Reserve, I was at um was it sixty five, seventy? Mm-hmm. I No, I ended at seventy, seventy five, something around. I I was at seventy. So it was at seventy. And then um when I started I one oh five was what I started at being a Genesis scare.
0: Nice, nice. Look, look realistic stories, people. Yeah. Realistic stories. Yeah,
1: and, and I was um at that point, so now, you know, I started at um and how I said I um my first job I started at sixty K. But when I got fired, um, you know, I was willing to take anything because I was, you know, I was embarrassed. I was I needed a job and I went down to 50. So, you know, uh, I took a cut yeah. just, you know, because I needed a job. And so I went from 50 um, at North Grumman, which North O'Gurman, I had. Oh, I feel like the defense industry and in pay there, they 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 really don't want to pay. And that was they, don't. they that was one of the, the most jobs I had the most work like it was so much work and i'm like for what y'all are paying for what i know now i'm like for what y'all were paying it's yeah. it's ridiculous
0: yeah my friend works at lhm and drives to fort worth every day and they don't want to pay yeah. and he's getting underpaid because he like do the job of like a team of like four or five would do
1: yeah yeah i had some money um they um i know somebody that just got a offer for lockheed and um for what he was going for he said the offer, and I was like, I'm not surprised because <laughs> so I'm like, of Grumman is their competitor, and they don't want to pay. So I'm like, I'm not surprised they don't want to pay you because – they they don't pay in the defense industry, so like I love uh, Simone B's um, content because I didn't even know. Like I kind of X'd out going to GovTech because I was like, I know what North of Grumman's paying. I'm like, there's mm-hmm. no way you're getting paid this way. So I love her content that she gives an you know insight and in how to navigate through that. Yeah,
0: um, hopefully she she stopped through. She's supposed to be in Dallas sometimes. So awesome. like, dope. who knows. Who knows what we got cooking up?
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so with that, just, you know, I I ended up dropping salaries to, you know, get another job. And I think, uh, you know, people are so much on this chase to get six figures that they don't realize, hey, maybe I need to take something a little bit smaller. It may start off at 60, start off at 70 and, you know, and make your way up. I didn't start at 100K. I didn't come into this. It took me years. You know, I was basically seven seven years into this before I
0: reached six figures. So same. I think I really started consistently hitting it in about 2019. Yeah. About 2019 to 2020. So really pandemic time, Mm -hmm. but no, I've I've done it. I've I've taken a handsome haircut to go into a role that I like. When I left JP Morgan to the other place. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I, I definitely understand that. I was strategic about that, don't, in ways of how I got my compensation to be what I needed it to be. Yeah. As well as other things I do to offset whatever I need to pay for. So, mm-hmm. a lot of people probably aren't doing that. But I always say, like, if you don't have no kids or nothing, I, like, I tell my clients all the time, if, if, if the offer can pay your bills and you need the experience, take the offer. Yeah. It, it's okay. Mm-hmm. You ain't... It, only keep up with yourself. Like I ain't worried about keeping up with nobody. I'm not a, a flashy individual. Nobody knows me for that type of content. Yeah. I have you like if you got to just have a job to just take some money is better than zero.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and definitely um in this market you definitely want to have the skills to set you apart. And if go into a job that pays a little less but gives you the experience you need that, that's more valuable because that sets you apart and i think a lot of people especially because of social media are chasing um are chasing money and not realizing that that's no longer going to set fit in where the market is this is an employer market and um you have to do what it takes to stand out
0: exactly let me see if i can find it because my girl uh, i don't know if you're familiar with Mills on TikTok. Um I
1: think that I th- I'm not sure.
0: Thank you. I cannot find her. She's always putting people on game.
1: When Is they- she like light skinned? Yep. Um I had literally just seen one of her videos yesterday.
0: Um Okay, look, here she go. This is a good one. Let's listen to this. number.
2: This job market is tearing a lot of people up and it's because of decisions they made. So I'm going to explain. Let's talk about it. One of the biggest things that happened was we all understood that for some reason, people who were willing to leave their employers and go after new opportunities were more likely to increase their income. When we look at their income, it will always outperform those who stayed at a company for a long period of time. But one of the things that people did not understand When you move and you job hop and you're moving laterally, chances are the skills that you're getting are the same ones that you've had. But it's not until you have a strategy and you say, when I job hop," I job hop for money and a new set of skills that would give me a return on my investment once I stay at this company. And when it's time to leave, I know exactly what my skill set will be worth. So a lot of people are in this job market right now. The problem is you want a certain amount of pay. And now these companies are literally saying we could this pay in half. But the thing you never invested in was a high paying skill set. That was your mistake in job hopping. Now... Moves more strategically yeah. this yeah that's definitely facts I I yeah I started following
1: her yesterday I seen another video she did I think probably it was a response to that video and yeah i, I, yeah, I immediately right followed her like great content um I'm I definitely want to connect with her so I got you yeah um i I definitely enjoyed what she was speaking and I uh, definitely agree and I think even from that um perspective even with this overemployment thing that everyone that's been talking about. Um, even with that, I, th- I think people really need to understand in that component, you, that's still a lateral move because you cannot exceed and do greatness when you're
0: overemployed. And uh, I got a theory, but I, I will not, <laughs> no, I will tell you offline, <laughs> yeah. but you're, you're right. And I made a video a couple, like a month ago. and It was titled like, what well, the thumbnail said, don't job pop just yet.
1: Yeah.
0: And I was talking about the same thing, how, your job hopping to the same job, you're getting paid more, but your skills are not increasing. Mm-hmm. Whereas that person, and I was talking about myself, where the job that I landed after I laid off, I stayed there almost four years. Yeah, But I had got so many different skills from technical skills, from being a regular SOC analyst level two to a SOC lead, so management type of leadership skills, to where when I left to go to Goldman Sachs, I had all these different skills to where my pay went like this. Right. So now every other time, I got all these things I've I've shown and proved I can do that. Some people are just putting their head down. Okay, I'm going to go here. So they have no real things they accomplished or anything when yeah. I do their resumes or just talking to them and they're trying to get certain pay. And I was like, it's not there. I'm talking to one of my other friends. All of us have been like a lot of my contemporaries. Most of us have been in a decade plus or some mm-hmm. eight years, whatever. And we're telling people, hey, a lot of y'all who are trying to be remote, it's actually kind of reserved now for people who got high skill sets yeah, now. Absolutely. Or like, of course, sometimes some of it is industry based where, hey, they want you to be hybrid. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, you're not going to see that. Cause that's what me and my, my friend was talking about that work at Lockheed. He, he was like, man, how you, you been working remote for what I was like, I've been here long enough to where, hey, I could be remote.
1: Yeah. And, <laughs> it, and, it, and it's the same for with PM roles. That, like I mentioned with um, now with um, TPM roles, because I do want to, I think, I don't think I was clear about with a PM and a TPM that, you know, you can be a project manager in any industry. So construction, yeah. healthcare, all of those things. And, um, you know, just going to go get a PMP or anything like that is not going to make you marketable. Do you have a PMP? I do.
0: I do. Okay. And don't they check like that your PMP is valid and real?
1: Um it depends on the Not the, the job. The, I'm
0: talking about the actual institute.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you have an ID. <laughs> there's an ID that comes with it. You have to renew every three years. I just renewed um last month. So um there, you know, there's the ID that comes with it. And, you know, people want to to fake to get a um a PMP and
0: all those things. So you saying a, a PMP plug cannot get you cannot successfully show that you got PMP because there's a person who's on TikTok and Twitter and, and they have a, a PMP plug that makes telling people make stuff in Canva that like a PMP and fake degrees and all that and, and rallying people up.
1: I mean, you can just go to PMI and if they really wanted to verify just like going to saying you went to a a certain college they can go call those institutions and and figure that out but even with that okay you went to this pmp plug and they gave you a pm uh, or pmp okay but what skills do you have (laughs) you know because now looking at these job postings they're not just saying hey do you have project management experience experience they say you have knowledge about cloud computing do you know machine learning they there is certain mm-hmm. technical knowledge that you have to have if you're going to be a tpm and um you know you have people that are like hey i've been a, a, a project manager and um you know they'll, they'll say wherever they've been at but even with that if you're a project manager that's been in marketing or a project manager that's been high in education it is you have a a better chance than someone that's not in the tech industry to transfer, but it's still, it's a competitive market that you're less likely to get someone that has the technical backing, you know, that has experience that understands each domains that understands different uh, devices that understand, you know, that, there's different capacities in, um in it that they know. So that is just as important being a TPM than it is just the PMP. So there's people that's going for these PMPs because they hear people, Hey, what's the easiest way to break into tech and being a non-technical role, which is being a scrum master or being a, a PM. And that's not going to save you in this market.
0: Yeah. And I've also seen a trend too, of people like, and I will say, what was this 20 into 2022? I had just finished interviewing at Microsoft, mm-hmm for a role but then another Microsoft recruiter reached out to me for actual technical program or project manager type of role uh-huh. or whatever and I think it was around like some type of security stuff so mm-hmm. in, like you're right like they would which I had no experience doing it but I think if I was interested I probably could do it based off of skill set skill set and things I do it's like so many things I've realized the, sc- the skills that I've gained outside of work that i did with this yeah. like Marketing, reaching out. Hey, what I want to do. I've had to work with producers and editors on my LinkedIn mm-hmm. course. Or yeah. Deliverables, like all those different things. I've really built another skill set I could go market myself for if I ever have yeah. to.
1: And so, now, honestly, for these companies for TPMs, they are rather they would rather take an engineer becoming a PM than just you know some Joe SMO trying to become a PM because they understand that engineer you can teach the soft skills, right? Yeah, but those hard skills. You know, yeah, like the, and it, it exactly. It takes time to learn that.
0: And I can know if you BSing me or not. Right? Yeah. Like, who you kidding? I, I read. I know how long something takes. Exactly. Don't play me. Like, just just get it done. Mm-hmm. And, and that's it'll be that.
1: Yeah, and, and that's where. Um, you know, I, I think with people with these non-technical versus technical roles, you know, when I tell people that I'm, I'm a PM, it's like, oh, you don't do anything. You don't know anything. And I'm like, but I have a, IT. you know, I go through my background and um, they're like, oh, you actually, because just because I hate it when people say like, oh, I'm a PM, I'm a person in tech. And they they say, I work for this company, which the only thing that makes them technical is the, the, company. The, the company. And it's like no, you are in marketing, you are in HR, you are, you're you know, the, and that's where people are getting the, the miscon, uh, misconstrued about a PM is that they don't realize that these are different industries just because you're a PM doesn't make you in tech.
0: Being a IT PM makes you in tech. I like that high tech. I might have that for the intro, <laughs> but I think that's one of the things, right. We were talking about earlier how people messed up the game with, going to get massage I'm going to get a latte and all this other stuff the content that don't even really work anymore on TikTok they are attracted to that lifestyle so that's why they are thinking non-technical roles are so easy and I'm like if these people are going to pay you $150,000 $160,000 you don't think they don't want you to work yeah you don't find that suspicious (laughs) you don't find that suspicious like that's what they. That's what they think. They yeah. think that okay, I'm gonna get all this, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna do three ou- two hours of work, and that's it. And a lot of people have not earned that right yeah. to do that. And that's another thing she talks about: people that have like knowledge based uh, jobs or task based roles. Yeah. that that's just ludicrous. Like that's what like. I know I sound like I'm saying that's why, that's why, but I'm just thinking through my head. You, you'll see LinkedIn and you'll see, you know, of course, like you'll have roles that may be non-technical or they're, mm-hmm. they're getting laid off. There's a mix of both. There are a yeah. mix of good people getting laid off, and there's a mix of people that just aren't performing that's yeah. getting laid off. I've noticed that maybe a lot of the people who just got in, pandemic, got laid off. Mm-hmm. Because, hey, they're, a lot of them just have, aren't working on their skill set. They mm-hmm. aren't doing the things you need to do, like, Go back to what Shatora talked about because it's one of the things I talked about in my LinkedIn learning course because I learned this at Goldman Sachs. But I was already doing it at Optif. But I specifically learned it because I was in a new org and they were telling me how to finesse but because how they based on that organization. Right. Visibility. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know what you're working on or what projects you've helped do right. for the company or how you helped them save money. Yes. So you need to get on that town hall or yes. the all hands or that quarterly call and and present.
1: Yeah. And, and that's that strategic
0: component that I was, um, you know, speaking about earlier is
1: that you, you have to know what your, what your value is for the company. You can't just go in and say, Oh, I'm pen testing or, Oh, I'm, you know, yeah. just uh, you're just doing the job. You're checking it off, but you don't even know how you have the, the value for that. And that's why even for me um, when it comes to me being a TPM, I'm, yeah, I have my PMP, but that's not the only certifications that I'm I'm going for. Like right now, I'm studying for the AWS Cloud computing because I am getting deeper and deeper into having technical knowledge because I can't just I can't stand out if I'm yeah. just a PM that okay, I can manage projects great. So can, you know, the
0: homeless guy across yeah. the street can and do the same thing. Get on the call and ask us, you know, what's the best EC2 instance to yeah, use.
1: Exactly. And so like those things that, you know, Building my technical knowledge puts me ahead of the game because also that can give me a chance to pivot because, um, you know, the people that the delivery managers or the the uh, managers of different uh, resource teams, most of them are not technical people. You know, the higher you go up, the yeah. the more the less technical you are. So even in a managerial role, if I wanted to go um, be a manager for a data center. That's a, a, a non technical role, but that has the technical knowledge. And so to stand apart you have to strategically yeah. know something. Hey, what what are you good at? Like like I mentioned at the beginning of this, you know, I my niche is uh build outs, facility build outs, data center build outs. So when people come and look at my um, LinkedIn, they see infrastructure, they see build outs, they see um, IT transformation. And those are huge components about companies. Companies are looking to save money, transforming the the hardware they're using. They're looking to save money going from um, on-prem yeah. devices to cloud. And you really have to know where you stand, stand out. Automation. And, yeah. And, and exactly. And automation, it's, it's going to take jobs. It's going to take tech jobs. And I know everyone in tech thinks, hey, I'm secure because I'm on the back end you know, giving AI the source code for it, but those jobs can go away like over and over. Like, so you have to have constantly stay on trend, mm-hmm. stay knowing what's going Don't get comfortable. It's really, that's really the advice to anybody. Don't get comfortable. And 2024 is really showing why you can't get comfortable in any role, why you can't get comfortable in any company is because things are changing. And if you don't get with the times, like you're, you're going to get left behind.
0: Yeah. I think, well, a lot of it is, I still think there was a bunch of like overhiring that some of those companies did Absolutely. for sure.
1: But even like we spoke about with Scrum Masters, but like before the pandemic, how many Scrum Masters <laughs> were were you seeing? Probably before? more. Yeah. And now, like I said, they're they're trying to, you know, get more agile. So with Agile, even though with the Agile methodology, a Scrum Master is called out, but they're like, hey, I'm paying this product owner two hundred thousand dollars you can do both roles i'm paying this pm 150 you can do both roles and with Mm -hmm. ai um and honestly my network engineers security engineers you know how to work by yourself you know how to handle a situation yeah so if you do your part do a little bit extra you know document as you continue to keep going document your lessons learned pass it over to the pm will have that information. And so it's like those scrum masters, those though, I, I seen um, somebody on YouTube, he talked about it, that hyper specification. And that's what kind of what scrum masters are. It's this hyper specification in agile versus like the overall, um, you know, process of it that, that leaves people out. So it's like, okay, are you good at cybersecurity? Are you good at one component in cybersecurity? Yeah. Are you good at networking? Like, so it's like you, you have to have, um, you have to balance between having a general knowledge of something and being hyper-specific. And I think these, what the companies were doing was this hyper, you know, hyper-specified roles and they're looking and they're like, hold up, I don't, we don't need this. And I really feel like some of these companies
0: took these PPP loans and they, they try to pay the, the loans back. Probably. I mean, <laughs> that's a hot take. I got some other hot takes that I'll probably share on another episode, but do you got any other hot takes you want to get off, off
1: um, your chest? Any other hot takes? Really, I think the biggest thing is just like if you're coming to anyone saying breaking the tech, and you want to be a PM, please.
0: (laughs) So this what this. Let me rephrase this. Mm -hmm. This will probably be the last question. Uh Well, not last question, but last question really for you. If someone wants to be a technical program manager, what should they do, in your opinion?
1: Mm -hmm. I think for in my opinion, there's two things. Definitely, Lee, if you're transferring from any other role that's outside of tech, really understand what your transferable skills are. That's the the basis of being a PM is understanding what are those things, those leadership um, qualities about you. Um, your strategic qualities about you really understanding do you know how to lead people without managing them because uh, being a pm based on how your company's matrix is whether your company your resources are under you as a leader on a project or are they working for other teams and usually they're working for other teams so how do you influence those people that are working for other teams because they have other you know, other things that they're working on, how do you get them to do the work for you? So really understanding what transferable skills, but on the technical side, really understand where you want to work at. Like what, what things do you want to work out? The trends that are going on right now, data warehousing, AI and machine learning, cloud computing, Find one of those, and it can be any interest point because, like I just mentioned, those are trends, and they're highly um sought after in these different companies. Go in and find out, hey, what are these? Are there any boot camps? I know people hate boot camps, <laughs> but it helps to, to give you the knowledge as a PM. So, like, if there is there any boot camps? Or are there any certifications that that on a technical side that you can learn? You know. I looking at like solution architects those those certifications that they have really going and finding a domain that works for you and that you really want to get in and and set in that domain and and drill in, learn a lot about that, and focus on that, and getting the job in that. Because if you spread yourself too thin, you're you're just not going to find anything. So really, just zero in in finding. Hey, I like cybersecurity. Let me go find a boot camp that fights that, and then work on that. While you're also finding and improving in transferable skills, going and um, seeking out if there are any projects. Um, in the community that you can work in. Um, Like you mentioned that, you know, doing this podcast and doing other things with your business, you learned a lot of transferable skills. And it's the same thing in in your community. Are are you part of a church? Are you part of a sorority or fraternity? Are you part of any of these organizations that a project needs to be managed and manage a project, find something that you can manage a project because there are, you know, there's a, a way to manage a project everywhere. So really learn that, but really from a technical aspect, Find a domain that you really want to learn about and really drill in and, and understanding that. And um, another aspect I would say is go to these job postings and look at the skills that they're looking for. If it's, it's it's telling you exactly, they're giving you the cheat code of what they're looking for in jobs and really go down there and look at what the skills that they're looking for outside of just PM role. Cause people look at PM roles and they're like, okay, I have the project management experience. Okay. But what about the other things that they're telling you that you're going to do on the, job what are you focusing on that focus on that and i feel like people um that strategic um goal will help
0: them get a lot further great great and then this is the last actually question is there any question that i didn't ask you that you wish i asked you
1: um no i think we covered it all i don't hmm.
2: i'm gonna
0: ask a funny one though um so I presume that you are single. I am. All right, fellas, if y'all in the area, because I get a lot of people in Dallas that watch this. And my last guest then found him a little boot from off the show. Okay. So hey, look. She says she's single. Y'all y'all come correct. How do they keep in how do they follow you online?
1: Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, Terry T-E-R-R-I, Evans E V A N S. So just find me on LinkedIn. I am I guess my DMs are open on
2: LinkedIn.
0: Listen, <laughs> just connect with her, sending her notes, hey, i seen you on the podcast yeah. and, and we'll, we'll go yeah. from there. But uh, I appreciate y'all for tapping in with us. Y'all know what to do. Subscribe to the Patreon. She mentioned boot camps. Check out Level Up in Tech if you want to get into the cloud. You know, the link will be in the description as always. And like, uh, you can donate, whatever you want to do. But I appreciate y'all. And until next time, let's stay textual and we out. Peace.
2: Bye.